You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. On matters of eternity, I hope that you will find a Bible, perhaps there at your house or your apartment, that you can get to for us to gather around God's Word today. And no matter where you are, we can gather around the presence of God and the Word of God. So let me invite you to do that. And once you find a copy of God's Word, let's go to 1 John chapter 4 together. It is so good to be together, even though we're not in the same room. Our hearts are tied together across Waco, this county, our nation, and the world. And let's gather around God's word today. First John chapter 4. I'm going to be reading a pretty big chunk of scripture this morning, but it is pure power. And so let's begin in First John chapter 4, verse 7. If you were with us last week here at Highland or you were watching the live stream last week, uh, we stopped at these verses, verse 7 and verse 8. Let's pick it up there. First John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved. Let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear For fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does does not love his brother whom he cannot see, how can he love God whom he has not seen yet? And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Chapter 5, verse 1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? Are you picking up a theme? Love, 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 love. 32 times in just the passage that we read, we see John inspired by the Holy Spirit to instruct us on love. Here's the first thing I'd like to press into your heart this morning. The true Christian life 
is a love relationship with God through Jesus, and it is a life of love for others. God's love for you, your love for God, your love for other people. This, at the very end of the day, this is the baseline of following Christ. This is the very essence of Christianity. It's that vertical relationship that we have with God, God loving us, we love God, but also that horizontal picture of you and I loving other people. A guy stepped out of the crowd in Matthew chapter 22, and he had a question for Jesus. I think he just wanted the cliff notes. He just wanted the outline of the sermon of Jesus. He just also wanted the bare bones. Jesus, really, what is this all about? Because he asked the question, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And you know what Jesus responded, how he responded. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. From the beginning of the gospel declaration, from the beginning of the New Testament, when Jesus came, he was preaching a gospel of love, a message of love, love for God and love for others. And John just keeps hitting that over and over again, this concept of love, God loving us, you and I loving God, you and I loving other people over and over again. He, he brings this message home to us through, through his word. I told you several weeks ago when we began studying the book of First John together that if you have ADD, you're going to love this book because John does not think in a linear thought. He does not go from point A to point B to point C to point D. Instead, he goes from Y to Q to, to F to J. He is all over the page. And so I'm going to attempt an attempt today for us to pull out of this passage some incredible things about God's love, our love for God, God's love for you, and the way that we are to demonstrate love to one another. Here's the first thing. It's very simple. God is love. Let's start with the primary truth that dominates everything in this passage. Really, the primary truth that dominates everything in all of Scripture, it starts with this. God is love. He is love. Look at verse 8 in your Bible. I hope it's still open. Verse 8, it says here simply that God is love. Verse 16, it says the same thing simply that God is love. It just says it outright. It's a powerful statement to say that someone is love. And Here we see so clearly that God himself, he is love. What does it mean? When John says to us that God is love, it means that God is perfectly loving. The way that he loves us is in perfection. It is never short. It is never shy. It is never below the standard. He always loves us perfectly. It means that his supernatural love, it'll exist forever within his character. It's a supernatural love that will always exist in God. It means that his very nature, the very nature of God himself is love. The very nature of God itself in him is love. Before time even began, before the world was even created, God was already love. We see all throughout the book of First John this Trinitarian nature of God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit. So before he even created women and men, God was already love in and of himself. God the Father perfectly loved the Son and the Spirit. The Son perfectly loved the Father and the Spirit. The Spirit perfectly loved the Father and the Son. He was already loved even before humanity came into existence. It is a part of his nature. It is who he is. 
just as the sun gives light because it is light, just as fire gives heat because it is heat, God loves because he is love. You can trust that today, believe in that today. You can know this today that God himself is love. Supernatural, all-encompassing, wide, high, deep love. It comes from God. Here's the second thing you can consider with me today. Substantial, reliable love flows from God. Substantial, reliable love, it flows and it comes from God. Those two words are pretty important to us this morning, pretty important to God's word this morning. The words are, are substantial and reliable because probably at some point in your life, you have experienced for a very short term substantial love, but it wasn't reliable. It wasn't continuing. Or maybe it's points in your life, hopefully seasons in your life, you've experienced consistent love or a reliable love, but I would say it was not a substantial love. Only God, because he is love, only his love is both substantial and reliable. Only his love is, is beyond any love that we can imagine or even define, and only his love is consistent. And the direction here is so important. This love comes from God. This is what John says to us in our very first verse here in, in verse seven. In the very middle part of that, it says that love is from God. That love does not begin with us. That love does not start with us. Love starts with God. Look at verse 10. We see pretty much the same thought. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and that he sent his son to be a sacrifice, to be a covering, to be a forgiver of our sins. Love started with God. Love did not start with us. We were not loving toward God. We were defiant toward God. The primary problem in all of our lives is simply this. Instead of loving God, we defied him. So substantial, reliable love, it does not begin with us. Now, rebellion, that began with us. But God, his love is so substantial, so reliable. He continues in this grace-filled love that comes from him. And this is what makes God's love so different than anything the world sells as love. I fell in love with my wife, Jennifer, when I was 19 years old, a sophomore here at Baylor. Do you know why I fell in love with her? I fell in love with her because I thought she was lovely. And I still do. I'm sure she is watching right now. Baby, I still find you very lovely. What was interesting about this love is that I was attracted to her inside and out. I fell in love with her. I'm sure I did a lot of dumb things to, to try to impress her. I don't remember what those dumb things are, probably because I don't want to remember what those dumb things are. And I'm asking you to not ask Jennifer what those dumb things were. But a lot of things I'm sure I did just to try to express to her that I loved her. I loved her because she was so lovely. And we began to grow in that love for one another. She loved me and I loved her. That love was reciprocated. But you see, this is not how it all began in our love relationship with God. Love in our relationship with God is so much different. It's so much greater. In our love relationship with God, he is the one that originated the love. He is the one that began the love. He was the one that started the love. It came completely from him. You see, in our sinful nature, we did not love him back. And in our sinful nature, there was probably very few things that God even found lovable about us. Our love relationship with God did not begin as a back and forth. 
It began with God loving us. Verse 10 again, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and that he sent his son to be that propitiation, to be that covering for our sins. So this is love, not that we loved him, but that when we were totally unlovable, God still loved us. That's incredible, is it not? That even though we were unlovable people, God loved us. I hear people say pretty often, I have done so many wrong, bad things in my past. There is no way that God could love me. Here's the good news. He does. Because his love does not depend on your behavior. Your, his love toward you does not depend on, on your past. He, he loves you. His love does not start with you. It does not start with me. God's love does not start with us. It starts with God. So ladies and gentlemen, please consider this with me. There's no sin in your past that is greater than God's love for you today. There is no sin in your past that is greater than God's love for you today. Isn't that good news? to a bunch of people who have done a lot of dumb things. God loves you. There's no sin in you that is greater than God's love for you. And that's a totally different way to consider love. It's a totally different way than than how the world defines love. God's love for you is not in any way dependent on you. Here's the third thing I want us to see from the passage this morning. You can build your life on this love. You can build your life on this love. What does that mean for our lives today and especially during this season in our nation? It really means everything for our lives. We can trust the love of God to the point that we can build our lives upon the love of God. This is how steadfast this love is. So over and over in this passage that we even just read, we see this emphasis on believing in God's love for us in Jesus. There's three verses in particular I want you to see. They're going to be on the screen on your, on your computer. Uh, chapter 4, verse 16 says, So we have come to know, we have come to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Chapter 5, verse 1 says that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Chapter 5, verse 5 And who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Listen to how foundational these verses are. How foundational these truths are. Christians, we can believe this. And we didn't just believe it one day when we were saved. You can believe and build your life upon this love today. You can build your lives on God's love today. This is what it really means to be a Christian, to Rejoice and see God's love as the foundation of who we are. I love the way that that chapter four, uh, verse nine puts it. In this, the love of God was made manifest or it was made known or it, it appeared in front of us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. That we might find life in him, that we could build our lives on this love through the son, Jesus Christ. In other words, he's not just a part of our life. He is our life. 
Uh, we should not be saying that over here I have my, my world of friends and they're kind of a part of my life and over here I have kind of a different part of my life. It's, it's my school or my work and over here I have the, this type of my, my part of my life. This is my, my hobby or my free time and, and over here this is kind of the, the family time and over here this is my Jesus and he's kind of just a part of my life and over here is, is kind of about my online world, my online life. No, Jesus is life. He is everything. He is our all. There are six times in verses 9 through 16 of chapter 4. I encourage you this week just to go back to chapter 4, verse 9 through chapter 4, verse 16. There's six different times that Jesus talks about how, how John talks about how our lives are saturated with Jesus. Our lives are overwhelmed with the love of Christ in us and for us. Here's the fourth thing that I want you to know this morning from this passage. Resting in his love causes fear to flee. When you rest and you abide in his love, fear has to flee. You can rest in God's love for your peace. You can rest in God's love for your wisdom. You can rest in God's love for your hope. You can rest in God's love for your confidence. The more you know Jesus as your life, the more you know Jesus as life itself, the more that you'll build your life on him and the more willing you are to trust Jesus with all the things in your life. So live by faith in him and rest in his love for you. He didn't just love you 2,000 years ago. He loves you today. You don't have to go back 2,000 years to know that you can build your life and on the rest of God's love. You can build your life on the, in resting in God's love even today. Rest in his love and you will have nothing to fear. Look at verse 17 and verse 18 here of chapter four. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We had planned to preach this passage about 10 months ago. I love how specific God is in his faithfulness toward us. Knowing that this would be a passage that I would need, we would need, Highland would need, many would need in this season of our nation's history. That the perfect love of God, it drives out fear. How kind and how specifically faithful of God to give us this verse for this day in a season of fear in our nation. The love of God causes fear to flee. How is it according to verse 17 and verse 18? How is it that there's nothing to fear before God? Well, here's what scripture is saying. We don't have to fear because we've already been forgiven of our sin as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. I think that so many Christians, they kind of live in this this low-level fear of approaching God or this low-level shame of coming before God because of something that has been, that they have done or we have done or that I have done in my past. A lot of Christians, they're just convinced that God is is disappointed in them. And this is what John is saying. Do not hesitate to go into the presence of God. Do not hesitate to go into the presence of God to pray and to rest in his love. I want you to also see this is so important that you see this in verse 17. I love this. As Jesus is, so also are we. 
this is revolutionary. This should change the way we live life today, this week, and the rest of the days of our lives. As Jesus is, so also are we. Does Jesus cringe as he goes into the presence of God? Does he cringe and hesitate to go into the presence of God? No, he does not. Neither should we. Does Jesus doubt the love of God and panic to the point of fear? Jesus does not. Therefore, neither should we. Does Jesus ever think that the Father will not provide for his needs? No. And neither should we. Does Jesus worry about slipping out from underneath the care of God, the care of his Father? No. And neither should we. As Jesus is, so also are we. Robert McChan had a great quote that's probably more appropriate for this week, again, the, the, the nation's history, than maybe any other week. And here it is. If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. What an incredible peace that drives out fear, that drives out anxiety. When we rest in the love of God. God loves his son, Jesus. Therefore, he loves us. Jesus lived a fearless life of courage. Therefore, so can we. As Jesus is, so also are we. And here's my fifth and last thing to share with you this morning. We love God by obeying him. If you trust God's love, then you can trust God's commandments. I look at chapter five, I look at verse two with me, hoping your, your Bible is still around in front of you. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments, they are not burdensome. Verse two is so interesting. When we obey God's command, we are showing that we love other people. How loving you are toward others is really a picture of how loving you are toward God and how much you obey his commands. Just consider even the past few days in our, in our nation, how Christians, if we are to really show that we love God, we show that we love God and obey his commandments by loving others. How about this, forgiving others, being tenderhearted toward one another, being quick in humility toward one another, being quick toward one another, encouraging one another, in sharing with one another. That'd be a good word for the Isles of H-E-B this past week. We are called as followers of Jesus to love others by loving God and to love others by obeying God's commandments. And I love verse three, his commandments for you, his commandments for me, they are not burdensome. They don't weigh us down. They bring us life. They aren't heavy. They are our joy. They aren't for our stress. They are for our freedom. So even this week, I encourage you to obey God. As we obey God, we love others. So look at everything on this list, especially the first four things. God is love. Substantial, reliable love comes from God. You can build your life on his love. Resting in his love causes fear to flee. All four of those, the first four, are all about God's love toward us, his gifts of love toward us, his blessing of love toward us. But that last one, is our reciprocated love back to him as followers of Christ. It is our response. We love him by obeying him and we gladly obey all that he has called us 
to do, we gladly obey all that he has called us to be. And this week and the weeks ahead, what our nation needs are women and men who love God. And in loving God, they love others. Women and men who obey God. And by obeying God, we say we love you, God, and we love others. Love and obedience, they go hand in hand. Where would we look to see love and obedience going hand in hand? Let's look to Jesus and his love for the Father and Jesus' great love for you. He went in obedience to the cross so that we could know and believe and revel in and build our lives upon this love that God has for us. The true Christian life is a love relationship with God through Jesus, and it is a life of love for others. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you that we can know for sure that you love your people. We can know for sure that your love is rich, it is substantial, it is reliable because it is expressed in the Son, Jesus Christ. God, this week, in a, in a week where our nation is restless, in a week where our world is anxious, God, may your daughters, may your sons rest in your love. May we build our lives on your love. Your love, it comes from you to us. God, you are in your very essence, your very core, your very nature, love. And we will build our lives upon that love today. God, give us the grace this week to obey your commandments. Your commandments are not heavy. They're not stressful. They are not burdensome. Just the opposite. They bring us freedom. When we obey you, it brings us joy. And your word so wisely tells us today that we prove we love others when we obey your commands. God, I pray your blessing over our nation over the world, over those who are listening today here in our city, our county, our state, our nation, and around your globe. This is our Father's world. And we ask that you would bring peace to the planet, peace to every heart, to every home, that you would use your church, your people, your daughters and sons to be the peace bearers the gospel bringers, that we would live lives of fearless wisdom this week and the days ahead. We can do this because of your great love for us. In Christ we pray.